That was the final nail that broke the glass window. <laughs> yes, I'm doing terrible, really bad metaphors. Um, yeah, why are we putting nails yeah. in windows? <laughs> because we're dumb. <laughs> because this and this dumb. class was balanced by someone who puts nails in windows. What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, so- Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melton. And we'll be hanging out with you for a while to talk about anything and everything D&D related. On this episode, we are taking a look at the new cleric domain, the peace domain, and an Intasha's cauldron of everything. So let's dive into it. Also, I need to stop saying new. Yeah, it's like keep, yeah, eight it, months it's old. like eight months old at this point. It just takes a long time for us to get through them and still do other stuff. New-ish. Anyways, peace domain, the flavor of it. You could probably guess based on that name. They are clerics of peace. And murder. Um, <laughs> it's a D&D character, so you can't just not have murder in it. This one you might. Except for you all know, your you friends can, it, who are murdering. I was going to say, you're just, yeah, you're, you're going to just help others murder. You know how Gandhi always just went around and was like, no, it's cool that wars are happening as long as I'm not a part of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, the gods of peace inspire people of all sorts to resolve conflict and stand up against forces that try to prevent peace from flourishing. Uh, these clerics preside over signings of treaties, and they are often asked to arbitrate in disputes. It's, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty kind of standard religious cleric stuff. Um, little hard of, yeah, why they would be out adventuring. That, that is... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, point. you always get to that for the greater good mentality. They are trained in combat. They obviously have ways that they can fight and they're expected to be fighting in some way. And it's for the greater peace as a whole because you can't be tolerant of everything and say, no, 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 I have to take an oath of nonviolence. It's that the actions I'm taking right now, though not specifically peaceful, will lead to a greater good of of peace and prosperity. Which is a massive cop-out. It's like a massive. How about this? Because I know you're you. Let's just agree that it is a major philosophical discussion. <laughs> and one- No, it's not. <laughs> because you. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm doing violence for peace. Then you're not doing peace. Call it something else. We have hundreds of thousands of words. Check them. See if there's one that might fit this better. But you're not peaceful. You're murdering <laughs> goblins to get better spells. To heal your friends who are better at murdering people. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a very oxymoronic class that will not ever jive well with a D&D party. You bring up a really good point. Yeah, man. I feel blown the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I just wanted you to shut up, man. Uh, if only I was more peaceful and beat the shit out of you first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you would need to be doing some role-playing gymnastics to, I think. I think there is also, from a role-playing perspective, using violence as a last resort can also be something. Like, how you approach everything, you should be asking the question of, how do we do this without anyone getting hurt in any way? Which, I think, honestly, for our games, we'd get really bored of that player. uh, Or of being that player. Because we do like combat. 
And like, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun to do combat. That's all it comes down to. But there's a right. ton of groups where I think this would really, really flourish as more of a negotiator and, and an arbitrator as it, it specifies rather than somebody who's jumping into the action. Right. With low charisma. And the arbitrator. All right, all right, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> That's, that is a perfect situation where wisdom should triumph in a social uh, negotiation. Like a brokering okay. a peace deal is not about how charismatic you are. It is how wise you are. Everyone in the room's like, oh, I see. It's not, wow, this guy's like really, really good at getting my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Look, did you see him juggle? He's killing it. <laughs> um, totally with you, Will. And yeah. I, I don't think that is hammered home enough in published modules is this the main time that it comes up you really should as a dm be trying to work with your players if they're proficient in a skill that doesn't actually match up with the skill long story short what you said of brokering a negotiation like this let the persuasion role use the wisdom modifier because that's perfectly fine it works it's not breaking anything it's making this person's character actually come out the way that it's supposed to Instead of punishing mm-hmm. them because, again, they can't juggle. <laughs> no, it does actually, they can gain proficiency in performance. That's kind of funny. I didn't, I, I was just saying juggling arbitrarily, but it's an option. Yeah. <laughs> Diplomatic juggling. <laughs> it's literal juggling, but for diplomats. <laughs> we'll settle things the way they've always been settled. A juggling contest. He's at four balls, General. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. Right. Please move us so forward. Mechanics. Yes. Uh, first level domain spells. Um, clerics domain spells. They're always prepared. Always ready. Don't count against prepared spells, things like that, and all these count as cleric spells, even if they're not on the cleric list. That's how these always work. Uh, at cleric's first level, this the piece of domain will get hero- heroism and sh- sanctuary. Uh, third level, aid and warding bond. Fifth level, beacon of hope and sending. Seventh level, aura of purity. Autolux. Thank you. Autolux, resilient sphere. Or Autolux. I up on these names. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The symbols are yeah, Greater Restoration in Rary's Telepathic Bond. So Sanctuary is super fitting to always have on. Um, yeah, bonus action to cast the last minute, no concentration. Um, when the creature's under the... Yeah, you ward a creature oh, within range against attacks. Yeah, until it ends, the creature targets the ward a creature. With an attack or harmful spells, must first make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save. The creature must choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. And then if the warded creature makes an attack, casts a spell that affects an enemy or deals damage to another creature, the spell ends. So usually I'm pretty against Sanctuary because it can feel real, real silly. But I think it being a bonus action, first level spell, and it's not concentration, this is a spell I'm casting on myself all the time as this cleric. Because the focus is to be buffing my party and doing anything other than damage. So it seems to me like a perfect fit to keep yourself alive. 100%, 100%, yeah. Compared to, you know who gets this for free, it's the Way of the Open Hand Monk. It's always on at 10th level, but it makes oh. no sense, because you're the guy who beats the shit out of people. Right. 
But it's like until you start throwing hands, it's hard to hit you. Yeah, until you start throwing hands. But you will be first in the initiative order. You're the fastest in the party. You'll be throwing <laughs> fucking hands. You're right. Uh, as for uh, heroism, that one, I that's you gain temp HP at the start of each of your turns and immune to frightened. I like that spell, though I don't feel like it comes out too much. Might be one that you use at lower levels, but then at higher levels, kind of ignored. It's still a good amount of HP, though. Uh, especially because you can upcast it, second, third, whatever, and target additional creatures. Which means you could, in theory, be giving out, you know, 10, 15 temp HP every single turn and immunity to Frightened. It's it's okay. And again, when when you're looking at a class that isn't going to be attacking every turn, that's kind of the hope, you need to find those spells and actually use them. Because usually it's like, no, I don't want to use those. I want to just deal damage. That's the quickest way to get rid of stuff. But role-playing your character means role-playing in combat as well. And that's going to mean not attacking every turn because you're the peace domain and letting your friends beat the shit out of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah first first round bonus action sanctuary on yourself and then cast heroism on heroism on party member two yeah not a bad first turn well you know it's competing with bless you can't do both that's what you have to remember both both are level yeah. spells oh right yeah duh. you have to blow something up with a cantrip right peacefully peacefully <laughs> or use the help action or I don't know, Channel Divinity, I think, which will come up later. There's there's options. Yeah, yeah. I just don't ever... I think it would be a rare situation to choose Heroism over Bless. Unless you knew something that where Frightens are good. Frightened is going to be an issue. Which is a reason why I'm okay with this being an always prepared spell. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're totally right that it is going to be a little bit situational in the long run. But when that situation comes up, you might not have had it prepared otherwise. Then at uh, Any third of the level, other spells, yeah. I was going to say warding yeah. bond. I love warding bond as a spell in general. Um, super again, super fitting for this. It would not affect your uh, your sanctuary casting either, as warding bonds just right. an action, still not concentration. So we can have a whole lot up here as as non concentration spells and right. Wait, let me, yeah, okay, double checking that's not concentration. Plus one bonus to the target's AC and saving throws, and it has resistance to all damage, and each time it takes damage, you take the same amount of damage. So just make your tanks tankier, and nothing can target you, so you're tanky. Well, nothing can target you without a wisdom save. Yeah, always a little scary to be directing damage to the cleric, who's most likely is concentrating on something, but... Heal yourself. Yeah, it definitely has its uses. I mean, no, like concentrating. I'm worried about breaking concentration. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, right. Because I not of warding bond, but of yeah, clerics get a lot of concentration spells. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, if if you're actually getting both of these up, sanctuary and warding bond, you don't even have time. The combat's over before you're uh, <laughs> you're casting a concentration <laughs> spell. Right. So maybe you're not doing both every time, but no, that's that's something to to be weary of. You're right. What's funny is you could also, if if you had spiritual weapon up, 
would that break Sanctuary? Because it's a spell. I guess it's casting a spell that affects an enemy, right? That's mm-hmm. what that would qualify. Or, I think. I would think so, too. I would hope or so. Or deals yeah. damage to another creature. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty clear. In the melee spell attack. Yep. But I could see a rules layer saying, it's not me damaging them. It's my, my spiritual weapon. It doesn't count. <laughs> what are you, 12? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not touching you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, always having sending prepared. I like that's a spell we get a lot of use out of in a current campaign. And but there's been, there are there is a lot of times where the cleric goes, I didn't prepare it. We need to wait. And it's like ah, it's just always a little annoying. Yeah. But I understand not always having it prepared. I like your phrasing of that. It's like, oh, it's always a little annoying. It sounds like it's saying that it's always a little annoying. They're annoying you on this. Where it's like, yeah, it always pisses me off when our cleric doesn't doesn't prepare setting. Oh, no, that, no. that asshole. <laughs> Obviously, no, that's not. No, what I you get mean. why she doesn't, but yeah, right. It's there's yeah. more important things when you're like, today's an adventuring day. Let's go adventure. Right. Oh no, social interactions. How could our DM betray us like this? <laughs> Uh, Aura of Purity, so that's the one that just got added to the Cleric spell list anyways, but now again, always prepared. Uh, Good one to have up. Creates an aura that resistant to poison damage, advantage on saving throws against effects that cause blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, and stunned. All of those are bad conditions to have. So Mm -hmm. advantage on effects that cause them, good. So, long story short... It's, it's a fourth level spell, though, that in a sense is kind of competing with Bless. Because bless, bless would add a d4 on the save, right? Yeah, that's and not as good advantage. is the equivalent... No, and it, uh, mathematically advantage is equivalent to plus five, is pretty much how that works out. So, no, it's not as good, but it's a first level spell versus a fourth level spell. Sure. And this is an aura where everyone has to be around you where blesses you just pop it off and then they have it for the minute. This is 10 minutes, I guess, but. Yeah. Well, and then here's bless kind of, also allows you to add the D4 to attack rolls. So spoiler alert for a little bit up ahead here, but I don't really think bless is going to be too necessary for this uh, cleric to cast. They get a better option that officially stacks with bless, but I think you'd be all right with not also having bless up. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Otherwise, the only thing I'll say about the spells that they get is all of them are good options for not attacking. (laughs) I like that they didn't put some like crazy, you know, like huge high damage spell on here. Literally. (laughs) They get fireball. (laughs) Right. Literally all of these are about buffing your party or I guess debuffing the enemy kind of. It's mostly just buffs. Right. Or keeping things at bay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the spells? No. Nope. We're going to move on. All right. Uh, also, at first, they get Implement of Peace. You gain proficiency and insight performance or persuasion. Your choice. Very straightforward. Very fitting. They're helping with negotiations and whatnot. Yeah. It's a little more performance comes sense from. For you. Yeah, it was a little weird. I'd say, yeah, but whatever. Just don't pick it. No. Now I'm going to pick it twice <laughs> as hard. Just because you told me not to. 
And then also at first, and this is really their main their main thing here, what they get at first level, emboldening bond. You can forge an empowering bond among people who are at peace with one another. As an action, you choose a number of willing creatures within 30 feet of you. This can include yourself. Equal to your proficiency bonus, you create a magical bond among them for 10 minutes or until you use this feature again. While any bonded creature is within 30 feet of another, the creature can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to an attack roll, an ability check, or saving throw it makes. Each creature can add the d4 no more than once per turn. You can use this feature number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain them all at a long rest. So you want to know what you're doing your first turn? Sanctuary, and then as an action, use this. Yes. So... Yeah, that's pretty great. This is where I've seen most people complain... And correct me if I'm wrong, Will. It's where most people complain that this is like a fairly broken class. Because this can stack with Bless. No, this is the start. This, this is, is the, the beginning start. of okay. the okay. very long, meandering path of broken. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah. There's no arguing against this. Concentration-free Bless. Yeah, and you I should mean, so probably it's... also cast Bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and this is once per turn where Blesses every, uh, what is it, just attack roll, saving throw. Right. This allows you to do an ability check, so a little differences here and there, but... It is. It's a little different no, here and there, but it's good. It's, it's pretty fantastic. And do you have to, while any creature is within 30 feet of another, so everybody has to stay as like a, a tight little unit, which can definitely be bad... Uh, whereas bless, it's usually just you pop it and then everybody can scatter if they need to. This you you can't. No scattering allowed. Right. But still. But yeah, as you said, it stacks with bless two. Yeah. Two d four added to each attack or saving throw. A lot of people, a lot of murmurs I've seen that I kind of agree with is don't let it stack with bless. <laughs> like you can be <laughs> under the effects of one or the other. Each creature can add a d4 no more than once per turn. There we go. They could have just I'll written replace that. the to a. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be very confusing. But <laughs> yeah, what if I have a magic weapon that allows me to add a d4 to the damage? Once. Nope. <laughs> So I mean, it's. It's definitely good. I, I don't know if there's much more to say about it other than that. It's a very good feature. Very fitting. Yeah. You, any Anything that's not just like a quick throwaway fight, you'd want to get this up. This is a little off topic, but as a dip ability, this is friggin' insane. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, Is, is that yeah, off it's topic not proficiency. on monsters and multi-class? Yeah. When we're like taking a break from the multi classes, no, not really. But okay, it, like, <laughs> no, you're these one yeah. level dips are getting nuts. You're totally right, and yeah, that's this is holy crap. Why yeah. I haven't been a huge fan of the, I, I don't know. I'm all over the place with this. I think the proficiency bonus thing is a neat way of handling abilities, and some out there like the arcane archer super need it, and ones like this super don't need it. Like, this would have been a fine dip if it was Wisdom, and you were a fighter with, like, two in Wisdom. I would still say, yeah, that's that's a pretty good use of this. A pretty good one-level dip. You get Cleric, all of their first-level stuff, and you get this awesome ability. 
Mm-hmm. Great dip. But tying it to proficiency bonus, it's wild. Yeah, I didn't think of that on my first read through. That's a crazy worthwhile dip. And yeah, it's not concentration or anything. So there's no spell casting ability that comes into it. And yet, and yet with the ranger, they had to make Slayer's <laughs> Prey concentration. Like, are they right. actually worried about that at all? Oh, that 1d4 damage would have been a little too much, but adding a d4 once per turn to everybody within 30 feet on literally anything they do, that's pretty balanced. It's pretty balanced. (laughs) And the reason why they did that was cited for multi-class reasons. It's like, oh, well, it's kind of tied to proficiency bonus, so multi-classing makes it really strong. No, it doesn't. You have to concentrate on it. I might have gotten the name wrong. I can't remember if it's Slayer's Prey or like Hunter's Prey. Something dumb like that. And I got to look it up because somebody's going <laughs> to yell at me. Favored foe? It is favored foe. Yeah. No? I say I think Slayer's Prey is the Monster Hunter one. Well. There, there's too many things that are in the ranges that are similar like that. It's just everybody keeps on trying to just put another Band-Aid on and they can't find any different sized Band-Aids. So it just keeps popping yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, emboldening bond. Fantastic. Probably maybe a little too strong, especially with stacking with blasts or multi-classing one level dip into it. All right, at second level, their channel divinity is Balm of Peace. You can use your channel divinity to make your very presence a soothing balm. As an action, you can move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. And when you move within five feet of any other creature during this action, you can restore a number of hit points to that creature equal to 2d6 plus your wisdom modifier. And they can receive this only once when you take this action. A lot of good healing. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, 2d6 plus wisdom modifier is never going to be crazy, crazy high. And things like, you know, healing word at high levels or uh, mass cure wounds are going to compete with this a little bit. But as a channel divinity, I think its big thing is that you're basically getting to disengage and do this. And it's just mm-hmm. cool. I like it. Yes. I like the the flavor of it. I like the fact that it means you're now running across the combat field trying to like zigzag towards all of your friends and give them little butt taps to heal them up. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting about this, you essentially get double your movement because you always have your movement. And then as an action, you can move up to your speed again. Sure. So you get like 60 feet of movement on this turn. But only in so that, it lets you like dash and disengage. But, but I think only half of it gets without provoking opportunity attacks. Sure, but how a little weird. Stupid is this as a tabaxi? <laughs> because you can do your um, right feline agility. Yeah, feline agility, which just doubles your movement speed, and that would yeah. apply to this. So I think do they they have a stock thirty feet of movement, which I feel like is really silly with feline agility. But besides the point, they don't need more bonuses. So if you're a tabaxi, that means this now goes up to 60 feet and you can just whip around the battlefield, healing up everybody that that needs it. Right. And the nice thing is there's a point where it stops mattering and tabaxi movement is almost pointless. (laughs) Almost. Almost. I can move 240 feet. The map 60 by 60, my dude. (laughs) Man, you say that, but then they run, make an attack, kill something, and then want to run to the other side of the map to continue their turn. And you're like, yeah, okay, being a tabaxi is pretty cool. 
I've done that. Oh, I know. The, yeah. The, <laughs> the issue with this is trying to hit it. So with the tabaxi, this probably would be effortless. You could get every single member in your party. A normal normal characters, a little tougher. Sure. Yeah. Or take a two-level dip in Rogue. So then you can still dash as a bonus action and things like that. I was going to say, if you are... If you're dashing as a bonus action, say either Monk or Rogue, officially, would that apply to this speed because that's just doubling your no. moves you get to move up to your moving speed again with dash right it's right, not doubling your moving speed right where feline agility it says it doubles your movement speed for a turn okay it still is, yeah. would in a way combine with monk because their movement speed goes up and yeah. I, I could see from a flavor perspective i won't go into the mechanics of it uh a monk cleric peace domain multi-class would be pretty good Probably Way of Mercy is what I'm thinking monk-wise, because they also get yeah, like... flavor-wise, that immediately popped in my head. Yeah. Mechanics-wise, it's a fucking train wreck, but... I don't know about train wreck. I, I haven't thought of it, so I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's usually a train wreck. At least these ones don't get heavy armor, because that's always really frustrating in a monk cleric multi-class of trying to say... I, like, I would like to take it this, this moment to point out that the art is a dude wearing joggers, no shoes, and a scarf. Hey, that's just a monk. <laughs> He's just a monk. <laughs> so, yeah, this, I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it definitely does become less useful at higher levels because at the end of the day, you know, you only get so much healing. Your movement isn't going up that much. Your wisdom modifier right. caps out at level five, per, or sorry, at plus five, plus probably five. around level eight. And I don't know. It's, yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't scale. Okay, so let's let's keep this thought going though. Getting people back up, this is super useful because mm-hmm. uh, now you're using an action to get out of a bad situation and still get somebody up. I guess that's what healing words for. But getting multiple people up in one turn, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have that one situation where every single one of your teammates goes down in a turn, and you just run across the battlefield and give them their little taps and get them all up. And you'll it's like feel steel amazing. and strike, but for people who are nerds. Yes, steel and strike for <laughs> healing. <laughs> all right, that's all, all I got right. on that one. Yeah, moving on at six, they get protective bond. The bond you forge between people helps them protect each other. When a creature affected by your emboldening bond, that's the first level ability where they get to add the d4. Um, it's about to take damage. A second bonded creature within 30 feet of the first can use its reaction to teleport to an unoccupied space within five feet of the first creature. The second creature then takes all of the damage instead. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and there's no yeah. limit on that beyond using and their no, reaction. Yeah, and then the, the limit of emboldening bond. But right. Yeah, no, up to efficiency bonus. Yeah. Yeah, like you're just gonna have people popping around the battlefield and every turn. Every turn. <laughs> every turn. The most fit member of the party to take a piece of damage will take that damage. Yeah. The DM, permanently handicapped in every regard. No more focus fire ever again. Game over. Game over, man. Okay, but how powerful does AoE become in this campaign? The answers vary. 
I'll tell you, because everybody has to always be within 30 feet of each other. Yes, okay, the Peace Domain Cleric has some ways of buffing that, and people are succeeding on their saving throws more. But you know what the best way to avoid getting TPK'd by a well-placed fireball? Just not being next to each other. And this removes your option there entirely and says, nope, you're going to be within 30 feet of each other, and I'm just going to keep blasting you with AoEs, with fire breaths and whatever else, and you have to sit there and take it because you go... Please give me my D4. Please, I can't. I can't live without it. <laughs> um, and also, limit on protective bond here is it's from one source of damage. So it's interesting. It doesn't say attack or anything. It's just about to take damage. So you could take AOE damage from someone and stuff like that. But then your reactions used up, and that character cannot do it again. And then most likely there are other sources of damage coming. Um, if you're squishy wizard is about to get beat up by some monster attack the fighter could teleport in and take one hit but then the creature just keeps attacking right it's true you know so i guess you could in theory then have the rest of the party all do that if you need to but then i mean hits are still landing and stuff like that it's good it's really really good but there is definitely a limit to it because usually with that, with the nature of action economy in fifth edition, you're going to have a lot of sources of damage in a round. It's true. It's true. It's it's great against. I don't know. Just to throw a random example out there, uh, one person is resistant to poison damage, and a very large source of poison damage is focused on somebody who's not resistant. Great. That's a amazing time to to utilize that, and I think you can have some really smart plays uh, thinking about it like that uh yeah one thing that i thought is kind of interesting it's just that in that little 30 foot bubble you're gonna have each other just bouncing around a lot because there's no limit per turn or anything it's just that person's reaction who the second creature the one who's like popping next to the person taking damage initially they use their reaction but then next turn or next attack somebody else can pop in and do that as well so let's say, just to, to give go off of your example, Kevin, of a, a creature with multi-attack, first attack hits, the paladin uses their reaction, pops in, takes the damage. Second attack hits again, the cleric pops over, uses their reaction, and takes the damage. And right. then the cleric takes damage, and I don't know, they just keep like rotating in whatever way you want to. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's just kind of, it's going to be weird, and it might cause gameplay to slow down a little bit because you get a lot of that like counter spell issue where the dm hits and then looks around and says does anyone want to use their reaction no okay let's move on and every single turn for every single attack until reactions are used up that can get annoying for every single combat for until ever. the campaign ends <laughs> or someone kills the peace cleric <laughs> <laughs> um so no i think the point you made will like right at the start here is the the main reason this is powerful is because you can just decide who's taking damage and in a game where you've got hp pools on both ends of the spectrum that power is huge yeah especially because we've we've discussed this before it's been discussed ad nauseum tanking isn't really a thing in dnd it's not not a thing but it's not really a thing this kind of changes that in a way that you wouldn't expect a peace domain cleric to bring to the table. Yeah. 
All right, moving on. Uh, at eighth potent spellcasting, you add your wizard modifier to damage you deal with cleric cantrips. Uh, I said it again, last yeah. episode. I'm going <laughs> to say it again. Just this is the perfect, perfect time to give something other than the standard potent spellcasting or divine strike. This is the time that you say, what if they didn't do damage and everybody collectively drops their jaw because it's the smartest idea they've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If one cleric domain were to not have potent spellcasting or divine strike at eighth, it's this one. Yeah. And then Will comes out of the woodwork and says, uh, but that's, that's uh, different than any, and I don't like change. Uh, change scares me. You shouldn't add things to this game. It makes me tired and confused. We should just use the basic <laughs> rules. I don't know why we need this player's handbook and shit. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, this is this is the this is the one that I will absolutely give Jared. There is no reason you should be doing more damage on your cantrips as a peace domain cleric. But I think that actually comes down to the fact that this flavor is attempting the impossible and just let it be another buff. Happen. I mean, even if it was just, I don't know, when you do a healing spell, you can yeah, you can do, yeah. add an, a D8 of healing. Okay. It's not going to okay. come up as much. Everyone will agree that it's not as strong, but the point of this class is not to deal more damage. So figure something out. Yeah. Same boat. Same page. Even like, I don't know, when you cast a cantrip... Uh, I want to say like minus. Well, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of things yeah. that still stick within this. Like when you cast a cantrip, something happens, and that makes it I really was thinking tough. Like somehow cantrips give your party temp HP instead of dealing damage, but that doesn't that doesn't work. It's just too much. It has to be kind of sucky to get away with it. I think right, or it has to switch over to when you cast a spell of first level or higher, and then which is a totally totally separate ball game because it's right. resource usage. Right. Exactly. And that's that's not fair. That's too much of a change. But regardless, I think that if we spent more than this conversation on it, the three of us could come together with something that we say is pretty okay as an option. And it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they tried that over at uh, Wizards of the Coast. Or somebody did. Some, some person in the room did, and it was shot down. And I'm sorry to that person, because you had a great idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to assume that everybody at Wizards of the Coast is dumb. That's just that's just dumb in itself. Right. All right. And then finally, at 17th, Expansive Bond. The benefits of your emboldening bond and protective bond features, which is the first and sixth level abilities, now work when the creatures are within 60 feet of each other. Moreover, when a creature uses protective bond to take someone else's damage, the creature has resistance to that damage. And... That was the final nail that broke the glass window. <laughs> yes, I'm doing terrible, really bad metaphors. Um, yeah, why are we putting nails yeah. in windows? <laughs> because we're dumb. <laughs> this and this class was balanced by someone who puts nails in windows. What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, all, all your talk, Jared, about, well, at least they're really close and we can hit them with AOEs. Yeah. Now they'd be 60 feet apart. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And then the resistance to the damage... When you teleport in, where we're already saying, well, you can now really even it out, and whoever's most likely to take it could take it, and now they get resistance to the damage? It's like, what? <laughs> it's so good. It is. It's super good. The 
only thing that I will say is that it's 17th level and I really stopped to care. I stopped caring about balance nearly as much once you get to the last three levels of the game. It is a really good point. At this point, wizards get wish and right. <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. This, that, that this actually tips the scales even more in late game, I think. Than wish. This is, this is standout even among wish, really. Okay. It, it's every combat, your health pool now looks completely different. Yeah. The damage is evenly spread every time and halved. End of story. That's how it works forever. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you're competing with is what your other classes are in the what the party composition is and how they use reactions. So, you yeah. know, something like a rogue might be trying to save it for their their opportunity attack if by chance it can come up. If the opportunity for an opportunity attack is even potentially there, then they might say, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here and not, you know, take this attack for my wizard because I need to get sneak attack off. Well, bad news, Rogue, because the DM had to overtune combat so fucking hard, <laughs> you will get one shot if we don't use this reaction thing. It is easier to account for too much HP than it is for like everybody having a 22 AC. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind is, yes, you might overtune it a little bit as a DM. You're right. That's what's missing in this class. <laughs> Expansive bonds should increase your AC to 22. <laughs> everybody in the party, 22 AC, no questions asked. Uh, if you've got a shield, though, it goes up to 24. Don't want to take that benefit away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so, no, it does not need anything adjusting the AC. But I, I just, as a DM, it's really easy for me to add more damage to hits. And it doesn't feel like the the action economy or anything just comes tumbling down. But when I start giving all of my enemies 25 AC it gets super out of hand and combat just sucks. So yeah, that's, that's the only thing I'll say. More I, I kind of disagree. Bad. I think it's just really dangerous and this makes it more dangerous. You start looking at the party like it has twice its health until they don't. And you crit on an attack you overtuned for this idea that everyone's resistant to everything and you behead the wizard immediately. And I think that's kind of the problem. It's 17th level. Who cares? If I crit the and wizard. behead, yeah, of course the wizard's <laughs> yeah, the upset, wizard. <laughs> but the cleric has revivify and access to like a billion spells to bring them back the to life. The, the third level spell. Yeah. Just puts its head back on. Yeah. There we I go. mean, there's that, no. At that point, if you. No, you're right. There's I mean, no you're rules. Right, there's no rules for decapitation. Yeah, okay. okay. That's true. That's e true. Even if their entire max HP is, you know, I don't know, let's say they're at. 10 HP and they get crit on by this crazy powerful attack and it does a hundred damage and they instant die. It's not the end of the world. They're level 17. I don't care right. anymore. Figure it out. Yeah, they'll just be brought back. Yeah. Which is, I mean, just the cycle that ruins higher level play. It's like, does anything matter anymore? <laughs> and then you just have an entire campaign based on the ennui experienced by One Punch Man. Yes. Maybe, uh, but you've got to have different stakes other than life and death at 17th level. That is, the material plane is going to collapse if we fail, and you can't just keep bringing people back indefinitely. 
at some point, the action that you spend to bring them back isn't enough to stop whatever creature it is from whittling two of you down in one turn. Or, you know, you become a really big focus as the cleric spending 300 diamond every every single turn to bring somebody back to life. The focus turns to you. You get that crit on you eventually. You die. The material plane explodes and you no longer get to contemplate a life of killing everything. And this is what it took to balance out the piece, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing up the material plane. It's like, well, I mean, it's balanced now, right? Not No, that's what it takes to balance 17th level play. <laughs> it, it needs to be some world-ending shit or else you should stop playing and, and get new characters. Mm-hmm. It's just how it goes. I mean, it, like you can fight it as much as you want, but that the stakes need to rise as you level up. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> I want to be 17th level and fending off goblins in my small town. It's more realistic that way. It's a geometrically optimized arena of goblins. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, Will. We had a 20-episode ban on the goblin arena. Are you staying within your realm? Uh... <laughs> the peace domain would be great against the goblin arena, though. Eh, it'd be okay. Would it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Everything is. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here at the end of all of this and tell you that this is a perfectly balanced class without any issues. I do think it is overtuned. Clerics, just without a subclass even, are some of the strongest. It's one of the strongest classes in the game. And taking a subclass like this that just adds some really dumb, overlooked stuff, I, I don't get it. It's good. It's strong. It's, yeah. It's cool. I like the interactions it adds to the game. Like, it's just fun. Sure. But yeah, it's too much. At what cost? Yes. <laughs> and I'm still mad about potent spellcasting. Lazy. Just lazy. Completely bonded <laughs> in there. But... Flavor-wise? Yeah. I mean, okay, here's here's the question I want answered. After we've gone through all these mechanics and everything, do you think you could play this character and never do damage? Fuck no. No? You, if you go into a D&D campaign with that mentality, it, people have been warning about this for years. If you think, I'm going to be the healer, the buff bot, the whatever... You're going to have a bad time. This game is just not designed for that. And this class can do nothing to save that idea. The only thing that I will give it is it gives you a lot of options to not kill people. So even if you get to the end of combat, maybe that's like your thing is like, yeah, we'll fight. We'll duke it out. But at the end of it, I'm not killing you. You know, and I'm making sure my party doesn't kill you as well. I feel like there's ways to work within that. Yeah, yeah. because otherwise most of your actions are going to be like taking the help action. Sure. And things like that. And then, yeah, you're getting into really morally questionable stuff. Right, right. It's <laughs> like, I'm not going to stab you, but I'm going to help my f- distract you so my friend can stab you better. But I'm still, still peace. Yeah, hey, hey. Still we, morally pure. We're good. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm not doing the stabbing. <laughs> Here's my idea, actually. It's like, reading through this, my thought was, if you called this, like, the 
domain of unity, it would make a lot more sense. Okay. Because everything you do is about like bringing things together mm-hmm. in a harmonious way. More so than peace. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that, actually. That's a small word change, but it's very powerful. So I think that can be a good way for other people to think about it. Because at the end of the day, peace domain is just a name. It doesn't matter what you call it. So going with it with the idea of, okay, I'm not overly obsessed with peace as much as I am with striving towards that perfect ideal of harmony. Which some might call peace. Yeah, I like that a lot. Great. Well, do we have anything else to say? I got nothing on this one. Damn. All right. Well, before we let you go, I have to tell you all about our affiliates, Bardly. So Bardly is a service that you can use, be it a DM or a player. Maybe you want to do this for your DM. It could be nice. Uh, Let's you control the music for your game by geez i don't know just doing a whole bunch of music stuff what do you expect a music player to do it gives you tracks to choose from that fit a theme the mood of your current game Uh, or it lets you set the mood letting you do what my new favorite thing is choose a setting and then raise the tension slowly as the actual tension of the scene grows it's really cool and a really useful feature And you, dear listener, can get yourself a discount by using the code MNM50 to get 50% off a three-month subscription. Try it out. Realize that it's awesome. Works great for online, works great for in-home, and works great for quantum communication, if you've got that going on. Uh... (laughs) Say, yeah, don't forget for online, you just send a link and everybody connects to the same music server and then they have the music coming out of their yes. speakers and can control their own volume and all that, which is really nice. You're not like trying to like play it through Discord or whatever you're with or anything like that. That is important, actually. Yeah. yeah. It is not a Discord bot. It's better than that. Yeah. And as usual, to our lovely, lovely patrons, just want to go ahead and give you a shout out. Jeff W, Joe P, Vincent M, Isaac M, Sentinel D20, Star Shinobi, Adam A, and Home Bakery. All of you are amazing, and we love you very much, as as much as we are allowed to, as you know, people who don't actually have a, a human connection with you. It's you know, a whole thing that we have to get through in this online community we're in. But we love you very much. And make sure to like the video, subscribe. Leave a review wherever you can. And if you want to support the show in other ways, go to monstersandmulticlass.com forward slash support. And don't forget to leave comments wherever you can. And most importantly, I get to do my thing now. Thanks for watching. Woo!